Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Hey, you guys, welcome, Freedom Fighters. I am your host, Tina from Flawed and Free, the fastest growing faith based podcast in the DFW. I appreciate your support and love. I receive lots of emails and DMs with specific questions and things like that, inspirational support. So I appreciate you guys reaching out and expressing some encouraging words to me. Um, so pull up, uh, pull up a seat today at the kitchen table because you are going to need a fork and a knife for this episode. I promise you it's full of meat. So today's episode is titled Manna versus Meat. And this discussion discusses God's will over your wishes. And it highlights more upon his perfect will versus his permissive will. So don't forget to subscribe, share, and follow me on all major digital streaming platforms. You can find me on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. Or you may go directly to my website at theflawedandfree.com. Subscribe to my email list to become a part of the Freedom Fighter family and gain access to bonus episodes and more. Let's go, y'all. Hey guys, how are you? It's Tina. Thank you for coming back to Flawed and Free. Let's get into today's episode. So I'm so excited. I'm so, so, so excited about today's episode. Um, It's actually near and dear to me. Um, Something that I have dealt with and been challenged with myself in my personal life. And I just really strongly, sincerely believe that there's a lot of you that may really truly identify and maybe even further understand the plan and the purpose of God and maybe um, where some of our error has been in the past. So moving on to today's episode. Today's episode is titled Manna versus Meat. So for there's a lot of us that may even know what manna is. I will be explaining further for those that don't know what it is. Um, so do not worry. Um, we're going to break it down, break it down, break it down to the last compound so everybody can get this piece of meat that I'm handing out today. So whether you're um, on milk or meat, you will be able to get whatever you need from today's episode. So manna versus meat. And the overall arch or the overarching goal for today's episode is to discover and identify and or understand what God's permissive will is versus God's perfect will. And so that's why I've done a comparison and contrast um, with the word of God. And we're going to delve into that here really quick here pretty soon. There'll be a list and a number of scriptures that will go over. And if you'd like, I can actually put them up on my website if you want to, um, go through them or check them out later. And I will be, um, going over some of them over the podcast as we proceed further. So let's go y'all. So permissive will, um, God's will over our wishes, right? And so 
Well, we'll start with, with the understanding of permissive and perfect. So God's permissive will is God sustained. Okay. God sustained. God's perfect will is God ordained. So you must really understand what that means. So the scriptural reference we'll be using will come be, be coming out of Exodus and uh, Numbers as well. And we'll be talking about the Israelites, the children of Israel, and the call that Moses received from the Lord to help deliver the people of Israel from bondage out of captivity and into the promised land. And so as we further talk about God's permissive will, which is God sustained and God's perfect will, which is God ordained, the goal is to be in the will of God, but in his perfect will. That is the goal. That is what we seek and desire is God's perfect will for our lives. So I'll be explaining a little bit, a little bit. Oh Lord, I always do this. My brain literally uh, works quicker than my mouth sometimes. So y'all forgive me. I'll slow it down a little bit. So permissive again is sustains. Perfect is maintains, right? So the difference between sustaining and maintaining, um, I did a little um, discovery and definitions of sustaining and maintaining. So sustaining is something that strengthens or something that you support physically or mentally. Okay. So if you undergo or suffer something unpleasant, right? Especially like an injury. You, you've heard, um, you know, with my medical background, we say I worked in the ER for years. Um, and so a lot of our report, we would say this person sustained these injuries or the person sustained. So that is how is the meaning or the definition of that is, you know, suffering or undergoing something that's unpleasant that results um, maybe in an injury. So or the other definition that was looked up for sustaining was bearing the weight of an object without breaking or falling. So when you sustain something, um, that means you bear the weight of it, right? So if I have a table and it's got a broken leg on it and I put 10 books underneath it, that those books are now representative of it sustaining um, the table, Right. Because the books are now bearing the weight of the table so that it will prevent it from breaking or falling. So I just explained what sustaining sustaining and again, sustaining is God's permissive will. Now, both by grace, you know, um, we're even lucky to have. Right. But our our goal is God's perfect will. When we're looking at permissive, as we continue to talk about permissive, um, I just explained it's, it's, uh, sustaining, right? Sustaining. It is, um, something that actually bears the weight of another object and other synonyms or similarities that you can look at for sustaining a thing is comfort, help, assist, and experience. So we've just gone through what sustaining is, what it means, and how it pertains to God's permissive will. Now, moving along, we're going to talk about God's perfect will. Yes, that's where we want to be. That's the sweet spot right there. God's permissive will, right? So I started out talking about God's will over our wishes. So our wishes would fall under the line of permissive right? Because God said that we can ask and seek and knock and the door shall be open that, you know, he will give us the request and we can make our petitions known before God and that he will hear us. And so, um, a lot of us have prayed for things and asked for things and requested things that were not, and we may have received them. May, maybe, maybe not. If we didn't, we hope sometimes that we didn't, um, because God's rejection can also be his protection. 
but God's perfect will is really what we want. So when you pray, you have to make sure that the th- thing that you think you want, the thing you think you're desiring or that you're asking, that it truly does align with not just the will of God, but the perfect will of God, because you could be asking for the very thing that is not in his perfect will, and it is more permissive, as I just explained to you. So going into God's perfect will, God's perfect will is equivalent to something that you maintain or something that is maintain. What is maintain? So maintain or maintaining, um, the word maintenance comes from maintain. It means to keep, to keep just, just the word keep. It means to keep in existence or continuance. All of us that have cars, whether they be luxury or non-luxury, you know how important it is to maintain something, how important it is to keep up with the maintenance of a thing. Because if you keep up with something by maintaining it, or you keep up with something by continuing to put forth the effort in maintenance, then it is considered a prevention measure from it breaking down, right? You want that thing that you're looking to maintain to continue in its present state or an even better state if it's at all possible. But maintaining is the goal. Maintaining is God's perfect will for our lives. So what is maintain? Maintain means to cause or enable Okay, that's a condition or a state of affairs, which is to continue. Maintain means to provide, to provide with necessities for life or existence. And I promise y'all, I ain't making this up. You could go and look it up, Google it, look at the Miriam or whatever dictionary of the source that you like. Um, this isn't anything I'm making up. I have literally in study by the leading of the Holy Spirit have gone into the explanation and or definition connotations for what maintaining is. So maintaining is to cause or enable something to continue and to provide with the necessities for life or existence. And it comes from maintaining the word maintenance is keeping something in existence or continuance. So if we look at the synonyms and or similarities of maintain, the similarities or the synonyms of maintain are to continue, to support, to keep, or to keep going. Okay. So just as a wrap up for sustain and maintain, permissive will is something that sustains perfect will is something that maintains and the permissive will is God sustained but we desire for God's perfect will which is God ordained okay so God's perfect will as we continue to discuss and break down his perfect will Some of you um, may not know what ordained means or need some further clarity on what ordained means. And ordained is uh, something that becomes official, right? Um, If you're in ministry or you're in the word and, and, you know, you know about, you know, pastors and people receiving a declaration or decree or an order that, um, that becomes official that they are able to um, be honorary pastors or, you know, what, however the case may go, there's a, there's a process and there's an order and there's a decree. So ordained, when something is ordained, that is more specifically by God. And not only that, it's the, the derivative of the word ordained is order. And as believers, we know and understand that God is a God of order. Anything contrary or that contradicts order is out of order. 
So God's perfect will is ordained. It is of order. It is official. It is a decree that we specifically know and understand to be um, of order. So if it's not perfect will, then that means it's out of order. That means that permissive will would be contrary to God's perfect will. So when something is perfect, it is absolute. It is complete. It is considered whole and it's not fragmented in freedom and flawed and free. For example, uh, when God gave me um, the, the vision and asked me to set this platform up to speak and to um, and to free people from the perception of perfectionism is because God is not looking for us to be perfect. That is, we will never, ever, 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 okay, ever, please get that, be perfect. He doesn't expect us to be perfect because we live in our flesh and we live in the earthly realm. And so we can never be, however, his goal and purpose is for us to seek him in his perfection for the way, the for the will, for the word, and for the direction, the assignment, the guidance in his fullness, in his completion. Will we be free for who the son has set free is free indeed. And so flawed and free is, is who we are flawed and free is even in our imperfections. We are still free. So flawed and free. That's what flawed and free is. That's what it's about. It embodies and it encompasses who we are in our daily walks in this very state, in this space, in this place, in the, in the world, who we are right now. We are imperfect people seeking and desiring to be more like God in his perfect will. In his way, because he's complete, he is whole, and he is not fragmented like we are. So when something is perfect or it's within God's perfect will, it's concrete, it's free from any flaw. It's free from any defect in condition or quality. It is faultless. It is having all the required or desirable elements, qualities, or characteristics. It is precise accurate and exact with no room for error. So the mission and the mantra for flawed and free is freeing people from the perception of perfectionism. Okay. You ain't never going to ever, but even though we are not, and we cannot in this, in this life be perfect then that's why it's all the more imperfect. It's all the more important. I'm sorry to seek who is perfect. That means he's all knowing. That means he's exact. That means what he says is concrete. That means what he does is without flaw. That means he is faultless, that there's no defects, that he's full of quality and his characteristics and will and plan and purpose is precise and accurate. We're not, but his is. So moving on to permissive will, God sustained. This is, this is something that is allowed or characterized by great or excessive freedom of behavior. This is something that is allowed, but not obligatory or, uh, is optional. That's what, that's what permissive means. Operating under the permissive will correlates to free choice. God does give us free choice and he does allow us to choose. And so people sometimes get this misconstrued, misconstrued and don't understand, well, if God gives us free choice, then, you know, if I choose to do this or I choose to do that, just understand that, yes, the choice is free, but know that if you choose the free choice that doesn't fall or align with the word of God or does not fall with what God has ordained, then you are now operating under the permissive will, which is given to you by free choice. But caveat, pause, it allows penetration. 
The permissive will, though it is not perfect, it is an option and it is given by excessive freedom and free choice. And it is there is there is room for penetration through loopholes and gaps. When you have excessive freedom in an area, it's not solid. It's not strong. It can't stand alone. And so there leaves a greater room for error. There's a greater room for penetration. There's a greater room for infiltration. You want the solid, strong, core, whole completeness of God. That's in every decision, in every area, in every choice. The permissive will of God with this excessive amount of freedom will not allow you to operate in it's and it's wholeness and, and full completion like God's perfect will. It's too fluid and it lacks order. And we've already discussed that the perfect will of God is full of order. Why? 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 You know, people do and understand things more when they understand why the why behind things, right? Why this? Why that? Why does God allow things to operate under this standard? The reason why is because of choice, free will. And you are then, when you're operating under free will, God's choice with excessive freedom under his permissive will, God is, you are then operating under God's grace and his favor. So he will allow it. He will allow it, though it is contrary and contradicts his perfect ordained design. It comes with work. Just know your choice is yours. Your choice is truly yours to accept, agree with, believe, receive, and move about. But that choice comes with work. God's perfect will comes with rest. Hey, I'm trying to tell you, it took me years, Jesus, it took me years to understand that resting in God in full confidence, as some call it confidence, but in full confidence in resting that God's perfect will is better than my own. So if he's turned something down, if he's told me no, if he said not now, if he said I got something better, if he said I got something greater, then I understand in that moment that his will is perfect not mine. So resting in that choice to say, okay, God, I believe you. I know that your will, though it is perfect, is better than anything that I could devise and come up with on my own. I don't want to just sustain my life. I want to maintain my life. I want my, my life to be complete and whole and thorough without areas of error, without delay, without um, infiltration and penetration. I want it to be complete, whole and Solid. I don't want to be like the table with the books holding it up. I don't want to be, I don't want to be that thing. I don't want to be that thing that needs something to sustain it. I want to keep up. I want something that's going to maintain. I want something that's going to constantly pour into me to maintain who I am this day so that therefore my maintenance is up to date. I'm not behind. I ain't got to worry about my vehicle, my body breaking down. Because I, because you are maintaining me because I'm walking under your perfect will. And so your will over my wishes, you can only pray that the things that you ask and desire. And as you continue to see God, that your spirit, as your spirit man grows and as you become more obedient and as you become um, more acclimated to the things of God. And as he pours into you, you got to pour out so that his will can take precedence in your life. Some of you are make mistaking your wishes that are granted by God for his will because you prayed for something and you got it. And then you find out later, this ain't what I thought this was. I thought this was something totally different. That's why we take things to God first. We seek God first to seek his perfect will for our lives over our wishes. Do they align with the word of God? If they don't, then it is contrary to what he designs and ordains for you. You should not make decisions for yourself, then carry it back for God to bless. That's out of order. We don't want to be out of order. We want to be in order. 
So many of us have made that mistake. We have chosen a lifetime partner without even seeking God's face for his direction or approval and got all the way to I do and then ask God to bless it. Huh? Why they do that at? But that's what we do. That's what we do. We never once asked, is this who you have ordained for me, God? Am I in your perfect will or am I in your permissive will? You may as you may as well put an out of order sign on your marriage certificate, though it is a decree and an order through your marriage certificate. It is not God's divine design. It is not God's ordained. If you have not gone before to seek the face of God to receive his will and his way to say, "Okay, God, are you back in this? I'm praying, God. But we'll do it in reverse. We'll do it in reverse. And then we'll go to God and we'll say, God, fix it. Fix it, Jesus. This ain't right. This ain't working. This ain't good. This ain't good for me. What look good ain't always good. If something's out of order, it's never good. It ain't functioning properly. You you don't even need a definition for that. I started out with all the list of definitions. You don't need one for something that's out of order. If you ever see an out of order sign, you already know what that means. It means that something is broken, it's malfunctioning, and or it's not working properly. And that is not what you want. You don't want to be out of order. You don't want the out of order sign on your back. You want to be in order. How do we get in order? We submit, we repent, we ask God to forgive us. We ask God when we pray and we desire and we see things, then we seek and desire the Holy Spirit for these things. So we started out talking about the manna versus meat. The manna is God's permissive will. I'm sorry, God's perfect will. Good Lord. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, the manna is God's perfect will. The meat is God's perfect, is permissive. So let me say that again, because I just jacked that all up. The manna is God's perfect will. And the meat is God's permissive will. Sorry, y'all got distracted pulling up my Bible here. So we're going to be talking out of Exodus and Numbers. And I want to break down the manna versus meat. God's permissive, God's perfect will. So manna, we're coming out of uh, Exodus and, and the Israelites were in bondage. Pharaoh was, um, they were enslaved by Pharaoh and God had given um, Moses the mantle and the anointing and the, 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 uh, the decree to free the Israelites from Egypt and move them into the promised land. And so there's a time that they're in the wilderness and this wilderness season was not supposed to take long at all. This wilderness season uh, was supposed to be short and it ended up being 40 years and it ended up being 40 years of time that the Israelites spent in the wilderness because of their disobedience and because of their murmuring and complaining. And so they were not able to enter the promised promised land for 40 years because these jokers just wouldn't get right. They just would not get right. Okay. So the Lord wants us to trust them and he wants us to walk in complete obedience. Okay. So Exodus 16, four, I'm going to pull up Sixteen four. I want to read it and you're free to read this on your own. When you get a chance, I'll have these list of scriptures you can go back to for yourself. But Exodus 16, four says, then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. We're being tested, y'all. 
We're being tested. I don't know what season you're in right now. It's important to discern where you are and what season you're in. There may be things that may be presented to you and coming to you that is not necessarily God's ordained and not necessarily, but you have, you are being tested and God is testing to see whether or not with the free choice that you are given, will you choose to be sustained or will you choose to be maintained by his perfect will or by his permissive will? Either way, it is your choice. One has more freedom, an excessive amount of freedom, and it's totally fluid. And then the other is concrete, strong, whole, accurate, and exact, which is God's perfect will. So 16.4 just spoke to the fact that I will rain bread from heaven for you. That is the manna. The manna, while they were in the wilderness, God, these people were in the elements out. They weren't able to go and hunt and get food. And when they were in captivity, they were fed like slaves. You know, they were given their meals and they were provided their daily needs because it came from Pharaoh. It came from the captivity came from him. And so God said, I'm moving you from one place to the next place. But in the midst, in the midst, I will provide, I will make the daily provision that you need. I'm going to literally rain down from heaven bread from you for you to eat. Can you imagine every day having food literally fall from the sky? It almost sounds like, are you kidding? No, this is what happened. He said, I will make the provision. I will provide. Follow my command. Will you trust me? Will you walk in my obedience? If you do, I will make the daily provision. This isn't once a day or twice a day or or once a week. This was daily. They were able to trust and know that they would be fed. Okay, so manna, what is manna? So manna is, according to scripture, is something that resembled coriander seed in size. So a coriander seed, it was the size of a coriander seed. It was white and it tasted like wafers made with honey. Scripture says its appearance was like that of delium. Delium um, is spelled, if you want to look that up, B-D-E-L-I-U-M, delium. The B is silent. So when you think of manna or bread from heaven, you hear, um, you know, songs and ministry and worship and belief speak of manna, God's daily provision, manna, 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 bread falling from heaven. This isn't like your nature's own, your Sarah Lee Hawaiian rolls dropping from the sky. This is what it looked like. It looked, it resembled and they used to, now they could cook it up and bake it up and make it into, I believe, like bread, but in its natural raw estate, it was, um, it looked and resembled coriander seed. It was white and it was kind of sweet. Delium is semi-transparent and it has, um, it's described as an oleo gum resin. So when you look it up and you look up what delium is and what it looks like, it almost looks like raisins, semi-transparent. It almost looks like a raisin-like um, substance. Okay, so the man, the manna had a color, uh, a size, and it was actually given to the children of Israel daily as provision for them to be fed. And that's all they needed. That's all they needed. You know, God is such a good God that what he even used for the manna was so easily digestible. And he did that in a purposeful way so that they did not have to um, defecate so that they weren't out. So that's why there wasn't meat and a, and a feast and food as we would perceive food to be. It was, it was what was needed to maintain their bodies for them to have the certain amount of glucose levels and for them to live. It was just what they needed. Now it wasn't what they wanted, but it was just what they needed. For God says that he alone is the bread of life and we have everything we need in Christ Jesus, everything. So even when the provision does not look like what you think it's supposed to look like, just know that if God gave it to you and if it's in his perfect will, it's everything you need. If you listen to my podcast um, last week, 
Oh no, the week before last. Um, do not despise your nine to five. Make sure you go back and listen to that for all those um, faith based entrepreneurs, believers um, that are believing God for what he is doing in your life and what's to come. You know, we have to be content with what God has given us this day. It says, you know, when we the Lord's prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. That's what that means. Give us what you desire for us. Give us because we know what you're giving us is what we need this day. Give us this day. And that's what God did. He provided that day and every day for 40 years, though they were outside of the will of God, murmuring and complaining. And we'll go further into that in a minute. They, they, they had what they needed. So Jesus provided daily manna. They didn't have to work for it. The earlier um, that I gave you earlier, I was talking about work versus rest sustaining and maintaining God's perfect will and his permissive will. So his permissive will requires work. His perfect will requires what rest. So these people were traveling through the wilderness from one place to another place on their way to the promised land. And they didn't have to work for their food. They didn't have to work for nothing, but yet they still daily would go to Moses and murmur and complain. Where are you? Is there anything in your life right now that you have, that you're murmuring and complaining about? Is it your job? Is it the fact that you are still waiting on your spouse and they haven't come? Is it your finances? Is it, look at where you are. What season are you in? Are you in a, in the in your wilderness season and you're looking at the things that are around you? We walk by faith. We walk, we don't walk by sight. Our faith and our trust is in God and we obey God in full and complete obedience because we know that he will give us and provide the things that we need. We might not always have what we want or desire, but thank God he doesn't always give us our desires and our wants because those things do not align with what he desires. And so that's where the meat comes in at. So we're still talking about manna, but you'll see here in just a moment as we continue further into this um this this podcast today that the meat it's coming but know that it might not be what you want so even when they complained even when they complained God gave them meat he was giving them manna but it wasn't enough it wasn't enough they complained they moaned they groaned it was not enough for them it was not enough that he was making a daily provision to satisfy them. And see, when God gave them the meat, and we'll be, I'll be talking about that here in a moment, to satisfy, it was not God's original thought, purpose, or intention. God was displeased. But he complied with their request. How many of us, God is displeased with our requests. God is not happy with the thing that we're asking for. It's not really what he's ordained for us, but he has honored some of our requests because he's allowed it through his permissive will. So manna, you know, manna is the bread from heaven. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, meaning that anyone who eats will, from it will never die. So, so the bread was to maintain them what the, the bread was to, to provide their daily need, the main, the bread, the manna was meant to get them from one place to the next. And that is just how the daily provisions of God work. So even though you're seeking to get the bigger and the greater things of life, and we're looking toward the, the most and the more you know, and we're, and we're in our season, whatever our season may be. And if you're in the wilderness and you're in between time and you're trying to, you cannot covet and look around and worry about what somebody's doing to the right, to the left in front or behind you. We just got to thank God for the daily provision that he is making because we know that it is, it is perfect in his will. And we know that as long as we there, that we in that sweet spot, we in the right place. We just got to continue to trust and be obedient. And by faith, God will give us what we need to get to the next place. 
So, you know, do not murmur, do not complain, do not moan, do not groan because you don't see what it is you think you're entitled or or what you think you're old or what you think God should be doing or how long it's been that you've been waiting and all of these things. Well, let me just go and do things my own way. Let me just figure out what I'm going to do. And in the meantime, I'm just going to do what I do. And God, you just come back around and bless it. Don't work like that. And if it does, woe unto you, that is not where you want to be. So let's move on into the meat, into the meat. So God gave them meat. He gave them meat. They asked for it. They requested it. He gave them meat for their murmuring and complaining. And scripture says not just for one day, but he gave them an abundance, right? We want meat. We want meat. We we're tired of eating manna every day. We don't want this. We, you know, so he gave them, he gave them what they asked for. He gave them, scripture says he gave an abundance for you shall eat. It's what God said. You shall eat until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you because you have rejected the Lord's provision. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that right there. And to some, you know, if depending on where your mindset is, the meat may have been perceived to be good. Oh, I got what I asked for. I'm sick of living this. I'm sick of doing this. I'm sick of driving this old car. I'm sick of sitting in this house. I'm sick of, you know, I want to have a big house, a nice car, this or that. I want to be a million dollar, a six figure chick or whatever it is that you're designing. God is not commanding or allowing me to move where I think I should be. And so you say, God, give me this. Give me this. Let me have that house. And you wasn't time for you to get that house. Lord, let me get this car. If I could just get this car. He gives you the car. And the car, you can't barely maintain it. The, the payment's so high. You, you, you can barely keep up with the payments, the maintenance, and all this other stuff to hold on to it. But you wanted it so bad. So I'm going to go into numbers. If you get an opportunity to go into numbers, we're going to back this up with some scripture. So numbers 11, 18 says, then I'm reading out of the NKG version, kick NKJV. Boom. Sorry. Then you shall say to the people. Now, this is the Lord talking to Moses because he hears them complaining and moaning and groaning. He hears it. And they're going to Moses and Aaron and they're going in and they're like, hey, look, listen. We see what you didn't gave us, but we ain't with it. We should have stayed where we was. You didn't brought us up out of here and we, st- we, we were better where we were. So scripture says, then this is what the Lord is speaking to Moses to tell his pe- tell the people of Israel. Then you shall say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow and you shall eat meat for you have wept in the hearing of the Lord saying who saying, uh oh. I didn't lost some place. You have wept in the hearing of the Lord saying, who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. It just sounds so slightful. <laughs> Therefore, the Lord will give you meat and you shall eat. You shall eat not one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor 10 days, nor 20 days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you to, because you have despised the Lord who is among you and have wept before him. You didn't cry out to God saying, why did we ever come up out of Egypt? Some of us are in bondage and in captivity and we're in a place and we're in that Egypt with the Egypt mindset God has moved you from and he may have you in between in the wilderness season. And sometimes you're looking back and you're like, Lord, why did you even take me out of that place? Because this appears to be worse. But God is God is like, I'm providing for you. You eating, you ain't homeless, your your health is intact, you're good, but you can't even see the good around you in this season because because you're looking for you're looking back from what was and so a lot of us have taken that Egyptian mindset and we're trying to carry it into the promised land but God will not allow you to possess the land with an Egyptian mindset you must be set free delivered and capped um and uh, from captivity which was the bondage in Egypt what are you doing 
What are you thinking? You can't carry that into the next space of your life. You can't carry that into your next marriage. You can't carry that into your next job. You can't carry that into your next relationship because you've, you're trapped in your mind in this Egyptian mindset. And until you allow God to deliver you and set you free from the Egyptian mindset, then and only then will you be allowed to enter into the promised land. Not not a day before, not a second before. How many of us that that wilderness see that time, that transitional movement that was taking place from Egypt into Canaan, into the promised land was only supposed to be. And I think don't seven, 11 days. It was seven, 11, something like that. I'm going to go back in before I quote that out. But short, a week's time, a week and a half. OK, roughly it was supposed to be short and it took them 40 years my god 40 years god forbid that i ever stay in a state of bondage in my mind for that long that prevents me from receiving what god is calling me to and what he has delivered me from because of my lack of trust faith and disobedience so the people of God, the children of Israel were rejecting their deliverance out of Egypt. They rejected it. They considered their former lives in bondage as slaves instead of embracing the new land of freedom that God was carrying them into. All the while complaining that they that about what they would eat. You got to be kidding me. Food. That's what kept you. Food. Despite the daily provision in the presence of God, you know, and when you go back and, and read in Exodus, you know, not only was the daily provision being made, but the presence of God was there. God was leading the children of Israel by a pillar of an, a cloud by day. During the day, he was a pillar in a, a cloud. And by night, he traveled with them by fire. So you mean to tell me that these people were getting manna falling out of the sky, falling from heaven. They didn't have to work for it. They didn't have to turn around in 12 circles, do a chant, pray, do nothing, but just be, just be. And God was making the daily provision for this, the daily provision. And not only was he providing, but he graced them with his presence so that they could see and know that he was there. And these jokers still, my God, my God. So God sent the meat. Yeah, he sent the meat. He sent the meat in the form of quail in great numbers. Scripture says he sent the meat in the form of quail in great numbers, flying approximately uh, three feet off of the ground every evening, making it easy to catch and kill. So he sent quail. He sent so much of it that each person was able to capture about what the scripture um, references as 10 omers or eight bushels of meat, which is a lot which is a lot. So let me go back real quick to uh, the manna. So when the manna was being provided, it was um, an omer. It was an omer. And an omer was a 10th part of an ephah, E-P-A-H, that came out of Exodus 16, 36. And an ephah is an ancient Hebrew measurement that's equivalent to a bushel. One ephah is equivalent to one bushel. These jokers was getting up to eight. I think it was eight, eight bushels of meat. The omer that they were getting is approximately in U.S. Um, equivalency is 9.3 cups per person. So the bread, the manna that fell from heaven was about approximately nine and a half cups of manna that they received. But when they murmured and complained and God gave them meat in the form of quail, it was an excessive amount. I read in numbers 11, 18 through 20. Um, and so going into numbers, if you look at further down numbers 11, 32 through 33, I'll read. And the people stayed up all that day, 
all night and all the next day and gathered the quail. He who gathered least gathered 10 on homers and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. But while the meat was still between their teeth before it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was aroused against the people and the Lord struck the people with a very great plague. So some of you are wondering why you have walked into the permissive will of God and you've gotten the very thing that you wanted, but it's making you sick. That man that you wanted so bad, you can't stand him. You wish he would disappear, go somewhere. He is literally making you sick. Or she, if you're a young man listening to this or a man of God, you making you sick. What you thought you wanted is making you ill. Yes, God gave it to you because you complained and you murmured and you moaned and you groaned and he gave it to you. But God was so angered by the rebellion and the disobedience he was displeased with that he sent a severe plague among the people. And the plague is perceived to be in the form of these diseased quail. We was, they think that the, the quail were diseased. But even the scripture says they didn't even get a chance to, they didn't even, <laughs> while the meat was between their teeth, good God. That you talk, we worried about the coronavirus. That's some, that's, that's pretty serious right there. Before it was chewed. I'm reading the scripture. Numbers 11, 33. Go check it out. It says, but while the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was aroused against the people and he struck them with a great plague. When all the while, God was providing their needs, period. As we say, period. That's what you need. That's all you needed, but you wanted the meat. Greed, the spirit of mammon, money, things that, not that God doesn't desire us to be prosperous and fruitful and abundant. Yes, he does. We are joint heirs in the kingdom. We are, we we operate under kingdom law. We are royalty. Yes, we are what God says we are. He says, I am the I am. And just because he is and he lives inside of us, we are as well. We have what he has because he says that we have it. So we have these things, but in the appointed time, in the right season, they were not in the right season. Greed will destroy you. If you fail to learn contentment, you will contaminate your future. Hear me again. If you fail to learn contentment, you will contaminate your future. Be okay with what God is providing you in this time, in this season. He has greater later, whatever it is. But he requires your faith, your trust, and your obedience. God is a God of love. But do not forget that he is also a God of wrath as well. The word of God should assist us. That's why it's here for us to not repeat the same mistakes of our ancestors. But we reject it. We reject it daily. And we wonder why we're so sick with the woes of life. Wake up. Wake up. Please. Do not reject it. Receive it so that God can remove and replace and make the provisions according to his will, but not just his will, God, not just his will. Okay, because permissive will we don't want. We want the perfect will of God. We want the thing that is concrete, whole and strong that maintains And we have the word of God to look to, 
It's nothing that you're going through that you can possibly think to go through that is not in the word of God. That is not somebody that's experienced it or gone through it or been there, done that. Why not learn and use wisdom and say, you know what? Look what they did. I don't want to make that mistake, God. I don't want to be that chick. I don't want to be that woman. So God, please. Romans 15, four says for, for whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. There is hope. Period. Do not. Look to the left and look to the right. Y'all hear me say this all the time and worry about what's over here, what's over there, what's in front, what's behind, where I ain't got, where should I be, what do I deserve. Be okay and content with where you are and where God has placed you. And until you have learned the very thing that he requires and desires for you in that space and that time, then you will not move forward. But when you do, then you will receive your promotion. Then you can move forward in Christ Jesus. Repeating mistakes will have you like the children of Israel. Repeating mistakes will have you or any lesson that God has given you or any test that he has put. When I first started with the first scripture, he says this, I'm going to test and see what, what are you willing to do? Are you willing to follow me? Are you willing to trust me in faith and in obedience? Any lesson that you have not learned, any lesson that is unlearned, you shall surely repeat. And if you don't believe it, Ask somebody. You will repeat it. So why do it? Why, why, why do it? The will and the way of God is better than our way. I will be blogging. Um, that will probably go with this as well. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord this morning. I was thinking it, this is the title. Is it said um, my way or the highway. From a natural sense, it sounds really negative, but from a spiritual sense, that's how you got to be my way, his way or the highway, my way, not your way, my way, meaning the way of God, his way or the highway, the highway is free, open, can take you anywhere you want to go in this world, choose it, go ahead. Make your way on up the road. Make it happen the best way you know how and see where you end up. On a road that's going in circles, going nowhere. That's what that's that's where you're going to end up on a road to nowhere. You want what like you want the direction from God, the strategy, the plan from God. You want God to be your GPS. You want God to download the things in your spirit that he requires. That's according to his will, his perfect will. You don't want to go ahead of him and do your own and try to come back and ask God to revert, you know, in reverse to bless it. That ain't what you want. You want him to be your GPS. You want him to be your guide. You want him to be your comfort. You want, you want to be complete and whole in Christ Jesus period now you can choose his way or you can choose the highway the highway is full of freedom it's full of whatever it is that you want but you're gonna come across some flat tires on that highway you're gonna come across some some sputtering maybe some engine problems some you're gonna come across some things but when God is with you and the presence of God and the provisions of God that are ordained by him you will not fail that is it. So I thank you all for coming today and listening. I pray that this blessed you and I pray the will of God in your life, God's perfect will, and y'all be blessed.
Thank you guys for coming to Flawed and Free and listening to another episode. I pray that that blessed you and that it brought you some sort of um, encouragement or inspiration for the days to come. So again, thank you for coming and listening. You may find Flawed and Free at any of your digital media streaming platforms or online. I'm on Facebook and I'm also on Instagram. And so, and I'm on Twitter at at Flawed and Free, or you can search me by The Flawed and Free on IG. If you're looking for my website, you can contact me directly via email. um, If you'd like to be a guest on the show or if you want to listen to other episodes, etc., you can find me at my website at theflawedandfree.com. Be on the lookout for some new merchandise and some things that will be coming soon for some for flawed and free. So again, thank you so much for listening and I pray that you guys have a blessed day.